Are you listening? And a happy welcome back to the Endurance Hour podcast alongside Wendy Mater. I'm Dave Erickson. This technically is episode 330, even though, Wendy, we haven't recorded a official podcast since January of 2020, well before the pandemic. We didn't stop doing the podcast because of the pandemic. We just stopped it because it was a lot of work. We weren't getting enough feedback from our listeners or viewers, so we put it on hold for a while, but it wasn't a canceled podcast. It was just a um, indefinite hold. And I'm, I know so much has happened. So that, this is going to be a catch up podcast, uh, to see you know, where we've been, what's been going on, what's ahead, not only for us personally, but also in the world of triathlon and multi-sports. The big event right now, I think is the, uh, 70.3 world championship in St. George. Do you have any athletes racing in that? Hi everyone. And welcome back. Um, I do. And I actually was supposed to be there. I qualified for the 70.3 world championships last year through the Ironman virtual race series. That seems so long ago. And I was so excited back then that I qualified and, you know, I, I, I set my training around that specific event. I was doing specifically courses indoors and outdoors, both bike and run to really prepare myself to, just hit it out of the park on that type of course. And then 30 days before the race, they decided to move the women's event, which was on a Friday. They decided to, they as in World Triathlon Corporation, move the women's race to Saturday. And that just kind of messed around with my travel plans. And just due to other life factors, I decided it wasn't the best time for me to go. So I canceled my trip. And I'm a little bit disappointed because it is race week and I feel like, oh, I still feel like I would have done really well on the course, but it'll just have to wait till next time. And I do coach um, two athletes who are down there right now. So 30 days before this weekend, you decided not to go? So this is a recent decision? This is a 30 day, yep, 30 days wow. ago, I decided not to go. What's the big deal between Friday and Saturday? Um, my travel plans. Um, I was trying to make it a, the most least expensive trip I could. And just due to the pandemic, uh, flights were expensive. Rental cars are very expensive. Airbnbs, just the price of everything is a lot more expensive due, just due to, to life situations and the pandemic that if I had to change my flight, add another Airbnb day, add a more rental car cost, it just became a little bit more pricier than I had planned for. And I just decided that's not where I want to spend my money right now. And I have other races planned. So it's not like this was the only race that I was going to do this year. Hmm. And, you know, there's just, again, we're, we're still in a pandemic. So there's still many cancellations and changes and other race schedules that I also didn't want to get to the point where they canceled the race today, you know, hmm. two days before it's supposed to happen. I don't think they will, but anything's possible as we found out in 2020 um, this life happens and things change and you have to adapt and respond the best way you can in the moment. And so I did. It's been a really challenging time. I know for the event organizers and, and, uh, the corporate Ironman corporation in general to push back races and with international limitations on travel. I know the Kona has been pushed back even a, a few more months. It wasn't good. Obviously it was going to be in October, but now it's in February of next year. Isn't that the, the correct Right. So, so, you know, let's let, let me just one more thing about the world championship event. 
you know, it's not a world championship anymore because so many people from the around, around the world cannot travel to the United States. And so that also kind of changed my mindset and my motivation. And again, kudos to everyone's participating. I wish everyone a safe and healthy race and everyone achieves, you know, their goals and all that, but it just wasn't something for me due to just, just so many factors that have changed the structure and the nature of the event. Now, when it comes to Kona, I've also been coaching some athletes who were supposed to go to Kona in 2020. And then that was postponed to February of 2021, which then was now everyone from February, 2021 was pushed over into October of 2021. And now they're saying, if you, since October, 2021 is canceled, if you can't go, you, they're giving them a choice to go February of 2022, October of 2022. And they're even giving athletes a choice to defer to 2023 and 2024. That's crazy. For the, for, because of it's so long ago, they, they qualified and there haven't been any races for people to, to qualify to begin with anyway. I mean, yeah, I guess that has to do with something. Um, but I, I think also that's a true statement, but I also think because, because people had options to defer to, to multiple dates, whether it was February or October, then the races in 2021 that had Kona qualifications, I think they were giving a lot more away. So then maybe they became a little bit overwhelmed. They accepted too many people. Because people, I think there was a race, don't quote me on this, I think it might have been Lake Placid that they just gave away, like, age group slots, like, almost every age group maybe had, like, 10 slots. Hmm. It was just, they give away a lot of slots. So, I think they're just, I think they're just kind of, like, throwing their hands up in the air and they want to accommodate everyone mm -hmm. um, that they can. And so... For me, for St. George 70.3, I got a refund on my hotel or for my Airbnb, my car rental and my flight. So the only money I'm out is my race entry fee. And even though St. George 70.3 World Championships is going to take place in the same venue for 2022, they would not allow me to defer 2021. My only chance is to defer to 2023, which is in Finland. Oh, no. And again, that's two years away. Like, I don't even know my motivation for doing triathlon in two years. I don't even know what that's going to be like, let alone um, being able to afford to go to Finland. So it's just all, you know, it's still a little bit chaotic. And you just got to, again, adapt and, you know, adjust to the setbacks and do what you can do. At Ironman Coeur d'Alene this year, which I was uh, signed up for, and I signed up before um, the deadline to where you could um, defer, which means I, mm -hmm. so I, I was within a range, like if you don't make it for whatever reason, you can uh, defer to a different race without any penalties. When I did that, uh, luckily. Right. And that, and I find out later, I, I stopped, I didn't do the race because I had a, a knee, um, minor knee surgery for some meniscus tear. So I did that prior to the race because I couldn't run. And I was able to defer it to Ironman mm -hmm. St. George in May of next year, which is great, fine, even though it's a diff more difficult uh, course than Coeur d'Alene. But then I find out, it doesn't matter to me, but I find out that Ironman Coeur d'Alene had like triple the number of Kona slots at that race. And it also happened to be like the second hottest race ever. Yeah. I happened to be at the first hottest, the most hottest race. This one was also over 100 degrees on the day, which sucked. I, I'm glad I didn't do it because 
once it gets over 100, it just, no matter what, it sucks. Uh, but they had so many slots available. And I was like, oh my goodness, if you, almost if you just showed up and you were fit, you might get right. something. Or you might get a roll down because, you know, people are limited on travel right. or they don't want to travel somewhere else uh, to go to Kona or they're not interested. Uh, but it's incredible how many things are being thrown out there. Even in a, I think it was a, an Oregon race, a 70.3 mm-hmm. that had Kona slots in it this year, a brand mm-hmm. new race. Do you recall that in, uh, I don't know if it's Corvallis or Eugene or somewhere like, like that? Yeah, I do. I did coach an athlete who did the Oregon 70.3. I'm not sure if they had Kona slots. Maybe they just had a ton of St. George slots because those Mm. St. George World Championship slots were rolling down to 25th, 30th place in age groups. And Mm. so, uh, you know, if, if people who probably never thought they would be top of their age group to get a slot got a slot because they stayed for the roll down and it was rolling down so far due to the lack of participation and due to the lack of participation and probably the town of St. George, they didn't want to hold the the race on two different days because participation was so low, which again, to try to social distance because COVID the pandemic is in the pandemic is growing again. Um, it would have been smarter to keep the men's race and the women's race separate. At least that's my perspective. But I also know as a race director, you have to adapt to what the city will allow you to do. Mm-hmm. And all the volunteers that they have to supply, all the aid stations and all just all the support. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes that, I, that not every athlete is aware of. And so, you know, I'm not one to blame anyone or to get too upset over everything because I just don't know everything that's happening. That can be said for a lot of things in life, right? Yeah. You, you see something on the surface and you make assumptions like, no, nah, there's, there's always more to it behind closed exactly. doors that you don't have uh, yeah. access to. So how are you telling people to prepare for St. George 70.3, your, your athletes? Um, do hills, hills, and more hills. Um, I think the thing for, again, even if you can't do hills, you know, just really getting your legs stronger by, by doing really big, lots of big gear drills on their bike and certain power zones, you know, that zone three, zone four, zone five, getting outside and doing whatever hills you can. So you can get comfortable on the downhills, Mm. you know, you know, with all people training indoors on, on trainer road, Zwift and the Ruby app, it's easy to get comfortable riding hills indoors and outdoors. But I think I know for me as an athlete, I need to get comfortable riding downhills. And so I spent plenty of time on, uh, I have a, a, a mile hill repeat that I get to do at Kennesaw mountain. It's a mile up. It's about 500 feet of elevation gain just going up. So I was doing a lot of hill repeats, not only on my bike, but on the run just to prepare for running downhill and riding downhill, which are definitely both my weaknesses. I made a little topography sticky note for myself, which I've since taken it down because of St. George, the mm-hmm. full distance in May. And it's two loops. Uh, mm-hmm. It's two loops on the uh, two loops in the run, I think it is. But it is a, um, a up the first three miles, then down, and then up again three mi- uh, to a th- three miles, I think, and then down. Or something along those lines where it's up and then down, up and down, and then you repeat that twice. And I'm trying to think, you know, rack my brain. Where can I go and simulate that experience outdoors around where I live and looking, thinking, uh-huh. okay, where have I ridden where I can have a, a long incline and then deal with the long, the long decline to get the legs yeah. prepared for the running element of it. Yeah. And we have uh, Mount Spokane uh, 
Park, National Park, I guess, uh, here near us. And it's about, I don't know if it's seven miles or so. That's, you can go further. That's well, actually a lot further that it's all climbing. And I've done that a few times and it's just uh, a grind, whether it's seven or nine miles per hour average on the way up. Mm-hmm. And it's also a Strava segment. So I like to go over it and see how right. I've compared the past. And I'm thinking about the same thing. Like I need to get outside and get my body conditioned to the duration in the aero bars in some cases of climbing the entire time. But I, I didn't really thought about that with, you made a great point of when you're on the trainer, sure you can practice getting out of the saddle and work those big gears, but there's nothing that can prepare you for going downhill at speeds, right. especially around quarters in some cases. Right. And I think the importance of riding the hilly, hilly courses as much as you can is just man, being able to manage the terrain. If you're someone who rides with power, really learning how your power fluctuates on different grades and what your strengths are. Some, some people are really strong on short, steep climbs. Some people are super strong on long, gradual climbs. Some people aren't strong on climbs at all, but doing that outside and learning how your power fluctuates, um, going up certain grades, going down certain grades and what happens to your speed. Because sometimes you, if you try to push a big power number downhill, your speed's not really any faster. So you're, you're actually wasting a lot of energy trying to grind and hit a certain power target when in actuality, lighten up on the pedals, glide a little bit, and you're going to, you're going to go about the same time. And so that terrain management's really important. And, you know, again, looking at the, when an athlete should do this, it's usually about, you know, when you're in that 12 weeks out from race day, it's really important to start to get in that, um, sport specificity riding in the heat. Don't be shy from riding in the heat because if, if you know, like a place like St. George, it's going to be hot. It's known for heat. Um, you want to get comfortable riding in the heat. Do you have a speed for yourself and what you might recommend to someone else of where you top out before you do some light spinning? Uh, for example, if I'm going downhill and I'm going 30, once I hit around 34, 35, I kind of let up and I don't push the gears any further because mm-hmm. I'm not gaining that much more by going 36 miles per hour and the return on the power output is not there. So might as well right. spin the legs a little bit, let them go or let them shake them out, for example, because... If I'm going 35 or 34, cool. I'm I'm doing I'm going I'm going doing great. I don't need to go any harder because any harder I'm only going to go a little bit faster. Almost like in swimming. Like why do I swim right. two seconds per hundred faster and it takes that much more energy? Do you have a number right. that you keep in mind or you tell athletes uh, um, a philosophy or strategy going downhill? No, I've never thought about it from a speed perspective. Just from a feel perspective. Mm. Like I like to pedal and feel a little bit of tension on my legs and not just spin out and don't feel any tension. Um, but at the same, again, it, it, at the same time, it really just depends on the grade and the length of the hill. Um, so I'd have to think about that. Mm. That's something that I've never really thought of. Yeah. You made a good point. If you don't feel tension in the spin going downhill, then why? I mean, you can't keep up with the pedals in the biggest gear. So if I'm right. going 36 now and I've lost tension or 37, it's like, well, there's no point in pedaling hard to find tension. Might as well just let the right. legs spin a little bit to keep them going or shake them out. Right. And I had a conversation with an athlete I coached doing St. George about um, the hills. For every, There's a section of the course that you're going to use the momentum of the downhill to get you uphill. 
because she mentioned she wanted to drive the course. And I mentioned my experience driving the Ironman Coeur d'Alene course back in 2000 and I think it was 2008. And I remember driving that course and seeing what I would describe as a wall. It was such a big hill and I was so intimidated by the hills that year. And I told her, you know, if you drive the course, don't let it fool you because the hills can look a lot bigger, except for Snow Canyon. Snow Canyon is real, but the hills can look a lot bigger than they actually are. And there's a section of the course when you go downhill, you're going to go immediately uphill, but you're going to have that momentum. So it's not going to be as hard as you think you can. And again, if you train it like you raced it and you are in the proper gears that you've trained on and she's done much longer and steeper hills than what she's going to see in St. George. She just needs to remember she's done harder, longer, steeper. She'll be fine. It's all a mindset at this point. So I was just trying to ease her race day anxiety about the hills. They're not going to be as intimidating as she's thinking they're going to be. Yeah. If people build it up in their head too much, whether it's the fear of the swimming and the water or, Oh my goodness, I got to do all these climbing. Just when you get there, you just got to believe in yourself or, or cut your head off and just don't think and just do you go on your training just to go on what you've practiced and you're prepared. I mean, you get to race day and you followed your plan. You're prepared. Just go with it yeah. and use it as a learning experience. If it doesn't go as well as you hoped it would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just saw this quote. It said fail F A I L first it was, oh my God. Well, it was just in my head. It was like a first opportunity to learn, but that doesn't spell fail. Anyways, it was a great quote about the word fail. The first is something about being the first opportunity to learn. First attempt in learning. First attempt in learning. Yes. And I thought that was like, I'm sure I've seen that before, but I just saw it this past week and I'm like, wow, I love that because that's what's, that's true. If you learn from your failure, failing is great. You can't be successful without failing. There was one I, I saw a meme or whatever it was about uh, you're, you never start from scratch. If you ever think you're starting over, you're never starting from scratch. You're starting with the experience that you had in yeah. that first attempt. So now yeah. you are actually starting from a higher position because you started. Yes, exactly. I love that. No matter what, you have to start. Now you can, now you can build a foundation on what you've learned if you never start it's it. You, you're never going to go anywhere. Right. Um, to kind of wrap up this, uh, return to, uh, the program, can you get a, a recap and I'll do the same kind of thing. What races you've, you've done recently, what kind of things have you been training for and have accomplished and what is still ahead for you in the near future? And we'll get to some things for next year later, but, uh, what have you been focusing on the last year and a half with the pandemic, with your training, with the limitations of where you can go and what you can do? So, um, in 2020, May of 2020, I was training for the a race called the cruel jewel 50 mile trail run. It has 15,000 feet of elevation gain. And I found out the first week of April that that race was canceled along with, with so many other races, but it, still back in April, we were still taking it month to month. We didn't think the whole, basically the whole year would be canceled. So the, literally the weekend I found out an athlete of mine told me about the Ironman virtual race series. And so the second week of April, I started jumping, I jumped on the Ironman virtual race series bandwagon 
And I've done every Ironman virtual race except the very first one because I didn't know about it. So why did I do that? I did that because, number one, I, all the trails, local trail parks, everything was closed. All training actually moved indoors. And I had just got a subscription to Zwift and Ruby, so I wanted to try them out. And so over the course of the months, I got really fit. I had already mentioned I qualified for St. George World Championships on the Ironman Virtual Race platform. And then I just continued doing triathlon through, um, you know, kind of through the season, you know, till the postseason, which usually happens in October time frame. And then I decided, okay, I'm doing Cruel Jewel 50 miler in 2021. So I, I started doing my trail running again, took a break from, you know, the, in, the, the intensity of biking and swimming. And I got really fit as I could really actually build more confidence. I'm kind of glad I had another year. So I, I completed the Cruel Jewel 50 mile in May and I was, I'm really into trail running. And then I'm like, oh, I have St. George, Utah in September. I better start tri training again. But my, my heart was torn because I wanted to continue trail running, but I'm already committed to St. George world championship, switched my training, started doing a lot of hills on the bike. And then, like I already said, 30 with 30 days notice, I decided I'm not going to St. George. So I actually jumped in a trail race, which is this weekend. It's called the Georgia jewel. I'm doing the 18 miler, which is now a 23 miler because I wanted to do the Georgia jewel back in May, but it's the same weekend as St. George. So I'm able to, again, adapt to the setbacks and do something that I've still wanted to do. And then in November, I'm doing Ironman Florida. Oh, this November. Yeah. Is that still open? Yeah. Florida happened last year and it's still open for registration. Ah, so that's great for you. I know, uh, Wendy lives in Georgia, so anything on the East Coast, or at least that Southeast area, uh, is within driving distance and more doable uh, for travel, financial, and so on, versus having to go all the way across the country, mostly to uh, Utah. Right, exactly. So when I did, so again, no, when I did cancel my trip to Utah, it's kind of because I already had a backup plan. Mm -hmm. And so when you have those plan A, plan B's, plan C's, it makes it a lot easier to adapt to the current situation because you already have a future of what you want to do just in case. Yeah. I've got, uh, I'm going to Florida. I think it's Orlando maybe for uh -huh. a business conference from the first to the sixth. It's my wife's business conference, but I'm going down there with her and it's a Dave Ramsey conference, by the way. Okay. What's the date for uh, Florida? It's in Panama city. The race date is November 6th. Okay. Just trying to see if I can double dip. Nope, I don't think so. Even though it's only, yeah, I only have a month and a half. doesn't matter. Uh, okay, cool. So you got the November, and that's always a very fast course and a somewhat, somewhat of a challenging swim. It can be. depends on the waves in the morning. But have you uh, done that before? No, I love the ocean. I'm so excited. I signed up because I'm really, really excited to do an ocean swim. Is it two loops? Probably is, right? Swim? I don't know. I haven't looked. I haven't, okay. <laughs> I haven't even thought about the swim. Okay. I'm just focused on that. I'm focusing on the bike right now. Right now I'm like, my bike fitness is pretty good, but that's usually my weak link. So mm -hmm. I'm just focused on a flat course of the bike and the swim will take care of itself. Yeah. That I've covered that good. race once before. And I remember all the, the tongue in cheek, uh, jokes about the, 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 the big hill in Florida was going over uh -huh. a bridge overpass after that. Yeah. That's it. It's all in the arrow, get used to it, get comfortable. Even the run yeah. is super flat too. I mean, it can only be, it's, it's at sea level. 
Right. Exactly. Kind of the opposite of St. George. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that, uh, our, our friend and former teammate, Tim Hola, he was, I think leading his age group at one point and really wanted to win. If not, it was first, maybe it was overall amateur at the uh-huh. time and ended up getting second or third. I remember that year. Yeah. Do you remember him, him and what yeah. he was, was he, it was an overall male amateur. Was he shooting for he, yeah, he was in the lead for okay. most of the race. Yeah. And then he got passed. Oh, so frustrating. That guy is the ultimate Ironman. And a couple other friends we've we've known have um, actually won it. Gallegos. I'm forgetting her first name. Elise. Elise. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, she actually won that. Isn't that crazy? You can't be considered a, you, you, you can't call yourself an Ironman champion if you're an amateur. They, because... I mean, they don't call you an Ironman champion. You are an age group Ironman champion oh, because of the yeah, prior status. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's silly. Well, good uh, for me, I guess. Um, since the, the pandemic, and I don't, we we were into our uh, our first child, our second child was coming up on one year of age, and so I've got a three and a half and a two year old, almost four, and it's. That that should say most of what why I can't train right. or why I don't train as much. Although I know parents that do, um, it's just not not a priority for me. It wasn't uh-huh. last year in the pandemic. There's no races, like uh, there's no real motivation to do that. Right. And with moving to a new house a couple of years ago and the kids at a certain age, it's like ah, eh, I got some. My new why is pretty clear, and it's it's the mm-hmm. kids and the family stuff. Um, but then. Uh, then I signed up, maybe it was talking to you, talking to the wife, the wife, uh, in September, October of last year, I'll sign up for, I need a, a new, I need a challenge. I need something. Cause right. I, if I'm not training or, or looking forward to something in, in sport, uh, I'm not a very happy person to be around. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. you know, I need to have a little dullness to me. So I signed up for St. Uh, Coeur d'Alene and that was going okay. And then the knee injury happened in, you know, late January or February where it, it kind of finally, it's like, this is hard to walk on and it didn't mm-hmm. get any better. And I stayed off it for a while and then go get the MRI, the, the scans or whatever and find out, okay, you got some tears in there. Let's clean this up now. There's no point. And it's not going to get any better. It's just not mm-hmm. going to get any better. So got that taken care of. And then I did a lot of training and then I did tri- two triathlons this year on the oh, knee, which you. I think the first triathlon may have been, I don't know, nine or 10 weeks post uh-huh. surgery. And I just wanted to have the goal of, I was still riding and swimming during yeah. the rehab and pre-surgery. So th- those fitness uh-huh. elements were okay. And then I had a, a couple of decent races uh, with the knee, which was the, oh, the key good. on the running part. So I was happy with that. That's fantastic. And now with my sticky notes, I've got one, two, four, six, eight months until St. George or seven months until uh-huh. St. George. And I'm excited about taking that on and becoming a better runner. It's so funny when you have an injury that limits a certain discipline, you want to do that discipline so badly. And now right, I'm right. so happy to run. I look forward to running because there's no running with no pain is a big deal to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, injuries are just, if you have the word injury associated with your training, it's just, uh, it's not fun at all. Right. So and it's now, exciting. Now that I can run, I'm excited about doing that. And it's just fun. And I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Good. <laughs> looking forward to it. One of the most brutal courses you can run, you can, you can do. I know Lake Plass is also brutal, um, but this one's, yeah, whatever. That's why we. That's why we do it. 
That's yeah. why I do it anyway. It's not I a like PR course. The better. That's for sure. Anyhow, I guess uh, that's all I got for now. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. And uh, we'll work on some future recordings, try to keep them around 30 minutes or long, and uh, really big focus on listener and athlete feedback as the focus of our shows. And we'll interject as much personal experience and coaching that we can from our years of experience, which we're, we're adding up here, aren't we? With your nearly 30, my 20 plus. Yeah, we've got some, we've got some knowledge that we can share with you. Yes. And I, and I really enjoy doing it. So if you're new to our podcast and you haven't already, you should join the T2 Endurance Facebook group. That's actually a place that we like to ask the athletes in that group questions. We like to share the content and just provide a lot of community to support and that's actually why we wanted to do this post- podcast again to help others learn more about the sport of triathlon um, from our experiences as well as others. And endurancehour.com, you'll find a link to all of our plans. Uh, we've got them at all distances, all levels, uh, broken down by discipline. And we also offer a 33% discount code to anything we have on Training Peaks is where all of our programs are, are housed, I guess you could say. So endurancehour.com slash 33%. We give you a code and you can apply to any and all programs that you can have for life. And it's all synced to your Dream Peaks account. And you can get a free account. You can upgrade it. You can get Wendy to coach you. You can get an accountability uh, upgrade with, with Wendy. So many different options there. Uh, but you can see that in the T2 Endurance Club and on endurancehour.com. So with that, I guess we'll call this episode 330 since technically it is an episode. And we'll continue to go along and look forward to your feedback. Please let other people know about this if you're listening, that your fact that you're listening, uh, that we're on iTunes and also on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, but share it so we can uh, help as many people as possible. So any final words as we wrap up? Um, just make it a great day. Coda Coach Wendy Mater. I'm Dave Erickson. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Adios. 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 <laughs>